I was not even 24 hours out the hospital of giving birth to my daughter. I still had open staples when I went into county jail. My very first bowel movement from out the hospital, you know, when they say Mm -hmm. call the nurse when you have your first bowel bowel movement after being released from the hospital, my very first bowel movement was in the county jail in front of 20 women I didn't even know. That was the most horrific and terrifying thing at the age of 23. I I didn't understand what I was going through. Hello, everyone. Today, we are going to talk about intake into prison. We have state and federal prison systems. Depending on the crime that you committed, you're either in one of those entities. Today, I can tell you about the Minnesota State Facility, preferably Shakopee Women's Facility. It's in Shakopee, Minnesota. It houses 500 people, but it is overcapacitated with 600 plus women. A lot of the women, they were made to be single rooms because they didn't see that it was it would be that many women committing crimes when they first built the place. But some of those rooms now are double bunked or triple bunked in that facility. Um, intake for me was mm, it was it was difficult. What um, was your first what was the first thing questions uh, your duty, what was the first thing that they had you do when you made it to the facility? When I made it into Shakopee. First of all, where did you come from? Were you in a county jail? Were you I was in home? a county jail. Okay. Nope. Yeah, I was in a county jail. I was, when I got sentenced, I was out during sentencing. Okay. Went in for no sentencing. Nope. I went in for sentencing and that's when they gave me my time. They took me back. I stayed in the county for about a week and I was transported immediately to the uh, Shakopee. Okay, and how was that ride? Did you take a ride? Did they drive you we, there? You we, had to catch the drove, bus? Were you with other women? I was the only woman, and they drove me to the facility. Okay. Yes. Did you get there at night or early in the morning? Oh, right it was early sentencing. morning. I think they came and got me like 5 or 6 in the morning. And that's in, I got to Shakopee around maybe 10. It was early morning, right before lunch. But during intake, the first thing, they took the handcuffs off me, asked me a series of questions. Um, Like what? What were some of the questions that they asked you? Medical history. Okay. um, How many months you got? Just the simple. Your release date? And no, they didn't have my release date calculated then. Okay. I didn't get those calculations to like uh, a week or two later. Okay. But I had to change out. Mm-hmm. So someone watched me take my clothes off, shower, and make, they made sure I didn't pat me down, make sure I didn't have anything in my head, hair. So you brought in any contraband or anything. So do they watch you while you shower? Mm, yeah. Okay. 
All right. And what is Squatting the cough. purpose? What's the purpose of them washing you, watching you wash I'm up? I'm thinking they making sure they're not really watching, but they're right close by anyway. Okay. Just make sure you don't bring any contraband into the facility because the, that is a, um, at the time when I was doing my time, it was um, just no fence around a uh, facility. Oh, so, so a lot of people like could just walk off okay. Okay. grounds or whatever. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you were in a low or minimum? It was all levels. Oh, okay. But it's only being the only uh, facility. It was all levels. So we were in there. Only facility in the state of Minnesota that housed women mm-hmm. on a state level. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Yep. So I changed out, cough, mm-hmm. squat, whatever. And they gave me a bucket, which okay. is, that's the bucket I will have until I leave. Okay. So if and they explain to you if your food, everything has to fit in this one bucket. If you even have to get in trouble or go to SEG or anything like that. Okay. Your food, well, it's two buckets. Your food bucket and then your paper bucket. Okay. So. And what was your paper bucket for? Like if you had books, paperwork, um, letters from your loved ones, cards, stuff like that. Okay. Mm-hmm. So massive amount mm-hmm. of property you can't yeah. have so mm-hmm. whatever didn't fit in the two buckets what would that if you say for instance if it was overflowing both buckets were overflowing whether it was your you know like your paperwork books mm-hmm. you know educational things and then your food personal items what if it overflowed what? they would confiscate it you got to go resize everything and whatever did not fit they threw it away oh wow Mm-hmm. So say, for instance, you went to commissary and you spent, let's say, $100. Mm-hmm. If it all didn't fit in that bucket, you would have to throw it away? You couldn't give it away? They wouldn't know offhand, really, unless they really want to give you a search or something like that. that okay. It didn't fit. Okay. But if you got in trouble and went to SIG and they had to pack your room up, uh-huh. that's when they were size everything and be like, okay, this is too much. You put it in garbage bags. Okay. So another question, the bucket you're saying, do you have a lock on it or it's just anyone can go in it? It's not safe. Well, some people, yeah, you're, yeah, it's not safe. It's unlocked. Wow. Okay. Uh Uh-huh. Right. The only thing is closed off that you really want to have no one have access to is your key, your um, locker. You have you get a like a like a cabinet like you would have in your room. One side is your uh, your roommate and one side is yours. OK. And both of you guys can. Oh, have both of you key. share a key. No, oh, no. You have, own you have key a key to your own key. side. Mm-hmm. OK. And in in your locker. Was there any you couldn't put the food in? Yeah, the... you could put food in there. Yeah. OK. Mm-hmm. okay. Yeah. Food, your clothes, your shoes, jacket. So you had some personal mm-hmm. away from inmates, not from the guards. Mm, right. Okay. All right. So um, I went to, after we we're done, that they fed me lunch in a room. So I had to stay in a room for a little while until they had a relieving officer that would take me across to the intake building, which is called Broker. Mm-hmm. Broker is the building where they have all the women that's being new women or, in, you know, orientation you have to take sit there okay so we did do orientation classes and we could only have an hour out a day until we found a job or a job you know the food service or uh education or someone like that wanted you 
to work there. Okay, so how would they know to find you to work for them? Your name just comes your up name, or you go your, looking for the job while you're out for an your hour? Your name comes up okay. and that's when they pick all the intake people who they want to work in the kitchen or they uh, place you. maintenance, they place you. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. And another question. Now, in the in the process of uh, you waiting, you're in the intake process of the um, just starting your bid. Um, say someone needs you before the time is up. Like you said, it was 45 days, right? Right. Oh, they oh. can get you. Yeah, okay. they can. Two so weeks, 45 whatever. days is the longest you will be in intake. Right. Okay. And the least you could be in intake is what? Mm, maybe two or three weeks. Two okay. Weeks. All right. So two weeks to 45 days, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Okay. And so prior to that, you're just, you don't have it. You don't have a roommate or anything. It's oh, you, you have, you have a roommate because it's so overcrowded. You're going to have a roommate. Okay, so you have a roommate. And that's the only person pretty much you talk to unless you go out for that hour and talk to other people. Okay, do you get to have visits during this time? Yes. Okay, so you can see your family members Mm -hmm. in the 45 days. Mm -hmm. Do you get to talk on the phone? Oh, yeah, we can still, within that hour. Oh, so... So you can talk, within that hour, you take your shower, you use the phone... You fix your food, your meal, girl. Yes. And you mean to tell me uh, she can, in the state prison, you can only, for your first 45 days in the penitentiary, could you handle that? How did you handle that? How did you handle 45 days without, like, your kids, I your know. husband, your mom, you know, everybody just like, how did you handle that? What go take us back to that time, and bring that us back time. to that moment of those 45 days. And mm. your children were how old when you first went in? Three and four. So and then the babies, my oldest was 13. So the babies, 13, especially 13 year old. Mm-hmm. Ramon. Okay. And you had a son and that's crucial. He mm-hmm. needs mom at that time. Mm-hmm. Then you had a, a daughter and another son. Right. So these are critical moments that you were going through emotionally. Yes. Take us back to that mindset of those 45 days. How did you handle it to say, I'm going to get out. I'm changing mm-hmm. my life and I'm never doing this again. Right. How did you get out? How did, how did you put your self in a place where now you're a successful business owner and you own a product line like you know you're 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 running multiple streams of income right now like what wow you did you ever think that this would happen to you how many years ago was that this was exactly 10 years ago well over 10 years ago well 10 years ago I was released okay so and what what date 15 years ago what year were you released I was released in 2009, November. Okay. I was, I entered prison, um, April 13th, 2004. No. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 2004. All right. All right. Okay. So, so you, I was going through exactly 10 years right now. Uh huh. All right. So I was going through a lot of emotions. I was angry, Mm -hmm. mad at the world really sad because of my kids I was gone for my family right it's just a it was a range of different emotions okay and I just wanted to be just be mad at the system okay and I felt that they were unfair and I mean I just was going through a lot 
And so now being as that, you know, you're a successful businesswoman and you flip the hustle to legitimize yourself Mm -hmm. in society and you're a pillar in your community, what would you suggest to all the girls under us that would think like, I need to hustle to get to the next level. What 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 thing would you tell them to stop them? Illegal uh, illegal um activity. I would tell them try to find something that they can do that's legal. Okay. I mean if they have that hustling mentality which I used to have, find something that you're passionate about that you know that you're gonna follow through with. Get training on top of training, um certify whatever you have to do to get to that point where you're going to feel comfortable where you can run a business of your own, become your own entrepreneur. Or if you don't become that work for somebody that you know, that you can, you know, be flexible with your schedule, able to, you know, be, use your creativity to, um, broaden yourself and get to the higher level. Okay. Just got to surround yourself around like-minded people, basically. Okay. Yeah, just surround yourself around positive people that you know that are doing great things and will bring you alongside with them. Okay. And so, so what the 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 after you came out of the your intake, what happened your first week after intake? What was your first job? My first job was as a baker. All right. Okay. At um in the facility, so. We cooked for like 600 people. Okay. And and how, being as though, you know, you had children, so I know, you know, we you knew to how to cook. And all that. Yeah, so okay. how did you transition from being just a, a home wife cooking versus cooking for a population of 600? How did you handle that? I think it was um, kind of, it was easy for me because okay. I, I was, I'm, I know math and know how to calculating and makes things bigger. So it, and I had a partner with me, so she was helpful. You know, she mm-hmm. worked there before me. She was there a couple of years before me as a baker. So I was pretty much assistant to her. So me and her worked well together and we just came up with different recipes and stuff to cook for the facility. Okay. And would you say those tools that you learned um, in the kitchen, did that help you? Oh yeah, it, it really did. Cause it helped me know, uh, know how to work with larger restaurant style equipment Mm -hmm. you know just if i was to open up a uh, restaurant i could do that now because i know how to work with the um appliances and stuff and know where to get it and know know how to order a large abundance of food for different stuff so okay it it was pretty cool It, it was all right but okay so for your first um your first conversation with the people that decided, you know, what you would do, your walk, how you would walk and operate while your time was going oh, on. Oh, yes. Well, it's called the PRT, Program Review Team. Okay. The Program Review Team consists of a counselor uh-huh. that works with you, mm-hmm. probably education, mm-hmm. uh, recreation, mm-hmm. the warden or assistant warden is there. Mm-hmm. And probably one head uh, CEO, CEO, lieutenant. And I think, if I'm not mistaken, if I can remember, medical. Okay. Medical staff. 
And what were the questions or program that they had laid out for you to do while you did your time? What were their what were their suggestions? Their suggestions were to for me to take advantage of college classes. Mm-hmm. Um, utilize the gym. It wasn't much because I pretty much had my high school diploma. I went to school and stuff like that. Right. Um, stay out of trouble. Mm-hmm. And they were saying my points was high because of my felony. My custody status was high okay. because of my felony points. Okay. And it ended up going and telling you about recidivism. You have a high rate of coming back and all this. Type. It really is sometimes it's a, a blow to you to break mm-hmm. you down. Okay. But um, then they'll say your your other programs that you're able, uh, eligible for for release. Mm-hmm. They did have CIP, CRP, a couple different things, and they'll tell you, oh, you you can't get that, or you can get this. You can get, you can leave out early on the home monitoring. You can't do this. Okay. But my sentence was so long, I didn't even think about. It. I didn't care to know what a release date was because. It was a what ten was year. Sentence? It was a nine nine year sentence. I had to do straight. Okay, and then so what was, when were you eligible for um, uh, work release or home monitoring? So when they had the work release, they said my uh, projected release would be January thirteenth, two thousand and thirteen. Okay. And I could get work release eight months prior to that. Okay. So I would have to file for work release, send my application in January 2012 before okay. that. But I had, I prayed about different things. I'm a prayerful woman. That's and right. I said I wasn't going to do all that time. That's right. And I even told them that. Right. And they just looked at me like, okay, you know, but <laughs> I sitting there, I stayed in a law library. Okay. I, I read up a lot of different laws, trying to get myself back in court. Mm-hmm. I did a post conviction. I was doing all kinds of stuff saying, you know, this is crazy to be serving a 13 year sentence for a nonviolent crime, such as uh, possession of drugs or whatever. Okay. But yeah, so I don't know. I mean, what do you, what did you go through? And then you were, Federal. Yeah, I was locked up in Carswell, Fort Worth, Texas, right? Mm-hmm. And um, my first, after, I, first of all, I was in the uh, VOA, mm-hmm. right? Volunteers of America. And at that time, they housed state and federal. They had the federal on a separate wing, federal on the one wing, state on the other wing, wow. right? Um, that was just a holding facility. Oh, okay. Before I was, I was held in the state of Minnesota because I had just given birth to oh my, my daughter God. four days oh before I caught my case. So actually, I was not even twenty four hours out the hospital. Wow. Of giving birth to my daughter, I still had open staples when I went in the county jail. My very first bowel movement from out the hospital, you know, when they say mm-hmm. call the nurse when you have your first bowel mo- bowel movement after being released from the hospital. My very first bowel movement was in the county jail in front wow. of twenty women. I didn't even know oh that was the most horrific 
and terrifying thing at the age of 23. I, I didn't understand what I was going through. I had so many mm-hmm. emotions going on as a woman and I was so embarrassed and just oh my God. everything. You know, I had disappointed my mom. Mm-hmm. I had um, a seven-year-old daughter. Plus, I had just given birth to my second child and I knew facing 10 years in prison, um, actually 20 years, my my sentencing was um, 120 to 235 months. So oh from 10 years to 19 years, that mm-hmm. was my guidelines. But the judge gave, ended up giving me 10 because that was a mandatory minimum. Right. Um, now, speed it up to me sitting in the county, you know, holding facility VOA for a year. Um, I was actually taken on a plane. They transported me to Washington County and then from Washington, that was a county jail for a, a couple of days. And then they transported me on Con Air. Oh <laughs> you know my the God. movie Con Air? Yeah. Yeah, they transported me. And just imagine, you know, being that young, you're handcuffed to everybody else. And then when you pull up to Rochester uh-huh. and um, the Rochester uh, airport, you the, you got guns pointed oh at God. you, long machine guns. You got a helicopter. It just looked like a movie. Mm. And I just was so, I was so terrified. I couldn't even cry. But I just looked around and was like, wow, I really, I sold drugs and this is what it caused. This mm. is actually what yeah. it caused. That was so horrible to just even go through that at a, as a young girl. I didn't know oh or understand God. what I had done. So by the grace of God, I got 10 years. You know, my mom was disappointed. Everybody in my family was disappointed. Mm-hmm. Then to get sent from Minnesota all the way to Texas. So the thing about the federal system is it sends you wherever their place where they can house you at, right? Okay. They told me I wouldn't know exactly where I was going to be doing my time yet until I got to Oklahoma City. Oklahoma City is a transporting center. Uh That's where everybody in the world, whether you're locked up in Puerto Rico, uh, in Miami, California, wherever, right? Wherever you're locked up at, you got to go through Oklahoma because that's where they place you. It's like a placement center. Okay. So I was there for three weeks. Then they sent me to Carswell, mm-hmm. which was, um, it was a max. It was a FCI and a camp. So I'm in, I'm, I'm, I'm at a low level right now. I'm at a level 12 because mm-hmm. in my case, um, consists of, uh, gang affiliation. Okay. So they had mm-hmm. me at a level 12. Even though I was the first time mm-hmm. nonviolent offender, they had me at a level 12. Due to the... Due case. to the nature of the... Affiliation. The, of yeah, gangs. the affiliation in my of the gangs, yep, mm-hmm. in my case. So, boom. I go, uh, my first time getting off the bus and going into the Carswell facility, uh, you strip naked. Oh, my gosh, yes. As soon as you strip, you bend over, you cough. After you bend over and cough, So I stripped. I took everything off. Mm-hmm. She said, squat and cough. Oh, God. I squat and cough. She said, I started crying. She said, hey, I don't like this as much as you don't like it. Just do the best you can. Hurry up. Let's just get this over with. I'm like, okay. So each time I got lucky because all the other girls, a lot of other girls was like, oh, she was mean. She was a B mm-hmm. word, you know, this and that. I didn't like her. 
you know, she's looking at me and all this. So mm-hmm. first thing you think, especially when you're not, you know, sexually attracted to women is, is she gay or whatever? She's looking at me because mm-hmm. you're young. You know, you don't know. At that time, you know, that wasn't, you know, exploited right. as mm-hmm. much. Right. So um, I uh, went into this room. They do a questionnaire. When was the last time you had a physical? Mm-hmm. When was the last time you had sex? When's your period? Uh, what are you allergic to? You know, all these medical things that they want to know about you before you enter into the system. Now, they have some of it because they already took your blood and uh, made you pee when you was in Oklahoma because they don't want you exposing others if you have any kind of diseases or anything that you could give off to other people, right? So they knew a slight bit about you. Mm-hmm. But you gave them more. So then they told you at the end of it, after you went through all of that, they asked you, when, was, when did you graduate from high school? Mm-hmm. Um, are you going to um, further your education? They run down to you what they offer, that you can do online classes, and they have different courses and things that you can discuss with your team. It just was called team at that time, which was um, a lieutenant um, for your unit. Okay. Um your counselor who housed your case for your dorm where you were going to be staying in. Mm -hmm. And then um, the medical sometimes was in the uh, meeting, you know, team meeting and sometimes not. But those three people would determine how close you would get back to your family. Because like I said, I was in from Minnesota, but I'm way down in Texas. Okay. And I only was there because they had just opened that facility. And um, I got there in uh, June of 1998. I had been in prison since 1997. I was there in June of 1998. So at the time, like I said, I was 23. So I have my two kids and I'm away from them. My mama's taking care of them. And, you know, I just had to get used to that environment. Mm -hmm. And once they told me I was um, where I was housed at, I actually got lucky because I had grown to know some people while I was in Oklahoma City. I had built a bond with and I ended up being on a unit with them. Mm-hmm. So I was cool. My 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 first couple of days there were real scary, though, because right. my very first time going to eat lunch Excuse me. My very first time the next day going to eat dinner, a fight broke out Mm. and a girl, one girl stabbed another girl. And so when we're coming Mm. down the hallway to enter into the the uh, lunchroom, there's blood all over the place. There's people hollering and screaming. And all I'm thinking of is, hey, this is a medical facility. I could get age. You know, I'm terrified. Right. Mm-hmm. So I'm, <laughs> um, everybody's like, move over, move over. You know, Hey, come on, girl. Come on. Grabbing me. Get out the way. They're going to question you or they going to, uh, assume that you're in something and they can mm-hmm. take you to the shoe, take you to the shoe. Right. So I'm like, Oh man, I don't want to go to the hole. I already found out that it, that the shoe was, um, you know, a solitary housing unit. Mm-hmm. Right. So I knew immediately that I don't want to go there because I don't want to be locked up in a hole. I want to be in an environment where I can, you know, in population, I could kick it and, you know, let my time run. So, yeah, that was my 
first experience, like I said, I had team right away. Mm -hmm. They put us in population right away. And that's the difference between federal and state. They, you know, keep you guys out of population for some time, but they immediately put us in population as soon as you step on a compound. You're not, you're not held under Mm -hmm. any uh, grounds of do this, do that. They send you out there in the wolves. Just throw you out there in the wolves. Every man for himself. So if if your family hadn't sent you no money, you don't have no shower shoot. You have all the stuff that that the federal system is going to give you Mm -hmm. in intake. You don't have no nothing. So the best thing would be is if you don't have a support system, you shouldn't be committing no crime. Right. Ladies, men that's out there, you shouldn't be committing no crime if you don't have no support system. And just because you have a support system doesn't mean that they're going to support you right. if you do something exactly. stupid to get yourself put in prison. Mm-hmm. So my suggestion for the youngsters out there, you is so many hustles that you can do legitimately mm-hmm. to win. You don't have to commit no crime to where someone is going to tell you where you can sleep, right. when you can pee. When you can poop and definitely when you can take a shower and it's a line. It's always a line. Yeah, It's always somebody there to irritate you. Mm -hmm. It's always somebody there that you're not going to get along with and you have nowhere to go and nowhere to turn. So my suggestion (laughs) would be do everything you're supposed to do. Exactly. Fall in line. So until next time, everyone, thank you for tuning in to Meet the Shoe. Thank you.